Morning Teacher. I'm Noelle Pickering. On the Good Morning Teacher podcast, we bring practical solutions to busy teachers because you can love your job and leave your work at school. Join us each week to talk through tools and strategies that help you maximize your time and effort both in the classroom and at home. I'm excited to cheer you on as you face the week ahead. morning teachers you're listening to episode number 30. Last week on the podcast I shared about teaching our students to be problem solvers and how we can encourage and teach those skills in our classrooms. Be sure to check it out at maneuveringthemiddle.com episode 29. Today we are diving into some of my favorite teacher mistakes that we have all made and why we need to stop doing these things immediately. And that's mostly so we don't burn out and start questioning our career choices. I'll share a little bit about my mistakes and then give you some ideas for avoiding those same mistakes. So let's do it. Before I jump in, I realize that some of you started school in early August and some of you are probably starting next week. So I wanna give a huge caveat here. The beginning of the year is just crazy. There are so many things to do and it takes such a long time to kind of get back in the groove, especially if you're just a new teacher and you're learning everything for the first time. So I want you to give yourself about a month from when school starts to give yourself some grace. And then if you are doing these things that I'm talking about, I want you to really consider how you can stop. Stop staying late and bringing work home. And I think that is one of the most common mistakes. And I know that sounds crazy. I know you're thinking, this is impossible. I won't be prepared for the next day. I won't be a good teacher. I can't keep up during just my planning time. And I'm saying that all because I literally have said all of those words to my husband. And it's likely true. You won't be able to keep up. You're going to have to prioritize what needs to happen each and every day. And this is one of the biggest mindset shifts that I think we as teachers can make. Not everything is equally important. We have to prioritize the important things and then just let go of some of the smaller things. First of all, taking work home every night or staying late every day is just not sustainable for the long haul. It will lead to burnout. Recently, our Maneuvering the Middle team has been working on a new video project for our all access members. And we are so excited. But just like anything else or anything new, this project is not something we've done before. And we are literally starting from scratch. So we don't have the benefit of templates or a well-oiled machine or a process that we normally follow. And this, coupled with the fact that school starts late for my kiddos, and it's been a really busy season for our Maneuvering the Middle team and my husband specifically, means that I have been recording these videos at very odd hours. Think 5 a.m. or 11 p.m., mostly while the rest of the house is sleeping because obviously I can't have any loud noises in my videos, right? And to be truth be told, I'm pretty exhausted. The joy of making videos has been sucked out because of the unsustainable hours. Now, fortunately, this is very short-lived and school starts just this week, but if you are teaching and taking work home each night and each weekend in August and you don't make a concerted effort to stop, you will likely be doing it in November and in February and in April. 
and maybe you take it home or you leave it on the table. I've done that before just to bring it back to school the next day. And this can be detrimental to our mental health because now we're not doing something that we wanted to do. And then we have this mental load thinking about what I should have done, right? I think you can all envision that and probably have all felt that before. So let's make it a goal to stop taking work home in the evenings and on the weekends and come up with a more sustainable solution. Because you're right, there is just not enough time in the school day to get it all done. So here are two ways to turn this ineffective and exhaustive practice into something productive and sustainable. So try one out and just see how it works. Give it a few weeks before you decide to scratch it or to keep, keep at it. So option one, choose one night to stay late at school. I did this when I was um, before I had kids and I didn't have a family at home. And I would stay on Thursday nights to get everything prepared for the week ahead. Now, throughout the week, I would still lesson plan really briefly, jotting notes um, so that I had a start when I sat down to work on Thursday afternoons. But I would delve into any creation or activities or lessons plans. I spent that Thursday afternoon and evening working on those tasks. I also liked Thursdays because most of the other staff members at school were pretty tired by that time in the week, and it was pretty quiet up at school. There is nothing more irritating than being interrupted when you're trying to get a lot of work done. And this also allowed me to batch what I needed to accomplish and batching writing lesson plans that were required to be submitted. When I left on Thursdays, I had all of my pages ready for copying, my answer keys worked for the next week, all of my bell ringers and any assessments that I needed. And that made me to feel ready for the next week, gave me energy for Friday, and it helped me to enjoy my weekend. Now, if you don't have the capacity to stay late, maybe you have kids to pick up or evening events or things like that, then I would suggest batching by day of the week. So possibly on Mondays and Wednesdays, you're going to do grading, and on Tuesdays and Thursdays, you're going to plan. Something like that that will help keep you focused and still on track. Because what we don't want to happen is for Friday to get here and realize, oh, we don't even have a plan for the next week. I've been doing other things all week long, And the most important thing, what I'm going to be teaching next week, is not ready. Now, my system may not work perfectly for you, but it might be a good starting point to tackle the reality that you don't need to bring work home every night or every weekend in order to be a good teacher. You can be a great teacher and leave it a reasonable time. Next teacher mistake, stop trying to grade everything. I think sometimes we feel like we need to grade each assignment or give good feedback on each assignment or else we just aren't a good teacher. And I agree, students need feedback and they need grades. But just like anything in life, they also need practice. Practice for the sake of practice. I used to tell my students that math was much like learning a new language or playing a new sport. You need time to practice, to understand, to speak the new language and to get familiar with the new sport. Now, just like in sports or learning a new language, you need someone to correct you. You need a coach, right? Show you how to use good form to shoot the ball or when you use the wrong word. But they don't all need to be a grade or an assessment. In fact, many times we learn from making mistakes. And I talk about this shift on our problem-solving episode last week, which you can check out at maneuveringthemiddle.com episode 29. So here are a few ideas if you have felt the pressure to grade everything or give feedback on everything that can cut back on that time 
um, required. So here are a few thoughts. First, choose a single problem to grade and then have students show that work on a slip of paper that they can attach to the assignment or um, have them highlight that one problem. And so that way, instead of grading 10 problems, you're focused on one problem that really meets the standard and helps you to assess where your students are, right? Because that is the purpose of you giving feedback and looking at the work is so that you can assess where they are so that you know what they need and they're getting their misconceptions corrected. I love this example and actually one of my high school math teachers did this. She would roll a, a die every day based on our homework. And you could do this a lot of different ways, but you could say that odds were that she's going to collect it and count it for a grade. Evens are um, that we are going to just count it for practice and go over it and answer questions, things like that. You can kind of provide a little bit of excitement because it encourages students to still do the work, right? They're still getting the practice and you're able to still give feedback, but it's not necessarily so formal that you're collecting everything and spending a lot of time grading it. I also loved to do a Friday activity that allowed me to circulate for feedback. So remember, feedback doesn't even have to be written. It can be, but it doesn't have to be. You circulating and giving feedback as students are working is helping them to correct those misconceptions and pointing them on the path that you need them to be on, right? So I loved Friday activities that allowed me to have students working. I would circulate and give feedback and I would also look at papers and things that were I was trying to wrap up for the week. I used a homework agenda, which is on our blog at maneuveringthemiddle.com and that was one of the things that I collected and I looked over on Fridays while students were working with an activity, I was circulating. I could even pull a few students to look at some um, problems or in a small group, or maybe they were missing something because they were absent. I just love setting up my week that way to help me kind of tie up loose ends so that I could feel like I had a fresh start on Monday. Now, that may not work for you, but it's something to consider. And I love sharing ideas that have personally worked or I've seen work. And these are all just ideas to help you stop trying to grade everything and be selective about what you are using your time and energy to grade. Okay, number three, I realize that working with colleagues is a privilege and many of you may be the only teacher with your prep or your responsibilities. But if you are able to work with someone, then see if there is a way to work together so that you can stop trying to do it alone. I understand we all have our own teaching styles and expectations, but remember, trying to do it all by yourself is not sustainable. So if there's any way to come up with an agreement or an arrangement that works well for you and your teammates, really try and play on people's strengths, what they are good at. And remember, you don't have to be responsible for planning an entire day or an entire unit. If you can divide and conquer based on strengths, that may look like, I'm really good at creating fun, engaging activities, so I'm going to do that. And this other teacher is really great at and, um, creating assessment questions, so they're gonna be responsible for the assessments. You can break it down a lot of different ways, but I would encourage you to play on everyone's strengths. 
And those, for those of you who don't have a teammate to work with, then I would suggest trying to make a friend online. There are so many wonderful teachers in our Maneuvering the Middle Facebook groups that love sharing ideas on how to teach specific concepts. And I know many people have developed some great friendships in there. So consider looking for someone online that you can um, get support from and work together with. Now, additionally, utilizing ready-to-go resources like our all-access membership is going to save you a ton of time from scaring the internet or reinventing the wheel. It's going to free up your time for other things. And remember, your time is valuable and finite. Now, a few other ways you can stop doing things alone are to ask for help. You could get help from parents. That might include copies, cutting lamination, providing supplies, or setting up things. Potentially, you have an instructional coach or a math specialist on your campus. Their job is to help you. So try and give them plenty of time and very specific requests about what you need. For example, you might say, I'm looking for a bank of 10 questions on standard 7G1 that I can use for a class activity, right? That gives them something, it tells them exactly what you're looking for. If you give them plenty of time, then they can probably help you with that. So don't forget about the people around you that may be able to support you. And then lastly, if you've exhausted all of these resources and you find that you are constantly overloaded, then consider taking a listen to our episode on advocating for yourself at maneuveringthemiddle.com slash episode five. And then consider going to your team lead or your admin for additional help. The last thing that I would recommend teachers stop doing is checking your email throughout the day. Again, another challenging one because important things come through our email during the school day. But I think that what can actually happen is that we get in the routine of checking emails so frequently, but we don't actually have the time to deal with the email. So we just think about the email for the next few hours until we can sit down and respond. And that takes a ton of mental energy. If you receive a negative email, then this can also throw you out of whack for the rest of your day. Or maybe you know that there's something in your inbox, you feel this pressure to respond right away. Whereas if you hadn't read it, you wouldn't even know it was there, right? This also works similarly when we're talking about checking email in the evening. So I have a few very practical tips. First, Set an out of office. If you aren't going to respond to an email after a specific time, just set an out of office with a positive message that is helpful. Potentially you want to link to your LMS or wherever else a student or a parent could access what they're looking for, right? This could be set up in the evenings. It could be set up on weekends or whenever, wherever else, whenever else, excuse me. It prevents parents from sending six emails because you haven't responded and also helps you to set a boundary of when you do respond to email. Okay, number two, set a timer when checking your email. So go ahead, set a 15 or a 30 minute timer and focus solely on that task. It is so easy to open an email, read something, go to find whatever you're sending or whatever you're linking to, and then realize you're now doing something completely different, right? Number three, create a Google Doc with common questions and responses. Now, I know this seems like a lot of work up front, but if you keep adding to it, you are going to save yourself so many hours over the period of the school year, and you'll be able to update it for the next school year and already have this bank of responses. So take the time to go slow now so that you can go faster later. And then lastly, send a weekly email. I did this as a teacher, and my son's teacher does this faithfully. 
They send a weekly recap every Friday afternoon. They briefly discuss what they learned in class, any upcoming assignments, and any announcements. And as a parent, I reference that email weekly, and I really appreciate it. The more you are able to communicate with parents on your own time, the less emails you can expect to receive. So as a quick recap, there are four things, at least four that we discussed today, that I recommend you stop doing. Let's help to create a job that we love, that we look forward to each day because it is sustainable. So to that, we can stop bringing work home, stop trying to grade everything, stop trying to do it all by ourselves, and stop checking our emails throughout the day and in the evenings. Today is the last day of August. I can't believe a new school year is here. Please know that I am happy to join you along in the journey and will continue to provide ideas that can maximize your results and minimize your efforts in the classroom. I am cheering for you. You can tag us at Maneuvering the Middle on both Facebook and Instagram. And if you've been loving the podcast, then we would love a five-star review. It helps us to be found by other teachers. For all of the links, resources, and freebies mentioned today, check out maneuveringthemiddle.com slash episode 30. I'm Noelle Pickering, and you've been listening to the Good Morning Teacher Podcast. Until next time, friends, make it a great week.